0: If any of you have got children you'll know what I'm about to say is so true that being a good parent is no easy task. <laughs> From the moment of birth onwards we are entirely responsible for the physical mental and emotional well-being and upbringing of another human being and as Muslim parents This responsibility is even greater because our biggest duty is to ensure that we give a solid understanding and practice of Islam to the next generation. The importance of this is illustrated quite clearly in the story of Prophet Yaqub peace be upon him, the Prophet Jacob peace be upon him, who even upon his deathbed was solely concerned with how his sons would worship after he had passed away. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God the Most High, tells us in the Quran that Yaqub, Jacob peace be upon him, said, O my sons, indeed Allah has chosen for you this religion, so do not die except that you are Muslim. So to preserve Islam in our children, there are five basic guiding factors that we're going to look at that as parents we should follow. Number one and perhaps the most important is make dua because a parent's dua for their child is one that we know is never left unanswered. I mean it is the most powerful means by which we can ensure the guidance and spiritual well-being of our child and it's mentioned in a hadith as such Because the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, said three du'as, three prayers are not rejected. The du'a, the prayer of a father, the du'a of a traveler, and the du'a of an oppressed person. And likewise, a mother's du'a is also equally as powerful and as accepted. So we need to make it a point that daily we sincerely turn to Allah and beg Him to guide and protect our children in all of the daily challenges that they face. Because the absolute truth is that as mere creations, as mere human beings, we do not have the power to guide or transform our children's spiritual condition by ourselves. The power to change hearts and grant ultimate guidance lies with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, the Almighty, alone. So looking at point number two, to educate. So yes, although there is great power in dua, it wouldn't be enough for us simply to make dua and then sit back and expect everything to fall perfectly in place. As with everything, alongside our prayers, there is a need for us to make effort. So as far as Islamically teaching our children, so Islamic education, we have to ensure that we ourselves are able to at least provide some basic Islamic knowledge to our children. So the compulsory aspects of our religion for every Muslim to know, like the basic rules of purification and prayer, as well as Quranic recitation, we have to also create an awareness in our children about what is allowable and what is not allowable. And by doing so, we hope that we enable them to carry out the commands of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, and attain his pleasure. Point number three, teaching Islamic etiquette. So beyond the basic book learning of Islam, it's really important that we teach our children how to live Islam. I mean, that will include... Manners, morals, character that we hope to instil within them. Like kindness, respect, humility, tolerance, gratitude, patience. I mean, the list is endless. It's our job as parents that we raise our children to grow, to be positive, contributing members of the society that they live in. So learning the rules and the regulations or the do's and don'ts of Islam, if you like, that's not enough to make us let alone our children wholesome people that can benefit society it was common for people of the past to spend years in the company of good people simply to allow their manners and their values to be absorbed by their children or themselves and it's important to remember that this nurturing this terbia towards a good Islamic personality is an ongoing process. So it is delusional to think that by sending your child maybe an hour a week to uh, an Islamic Sunday school, a madrasa, that it will completely transform their manners and their etiquettes. We have to keep striving on a regular basis to impart these values to our children And I will tell you honestly, the best way for doing that is to be that example of good behaviour ourselves. So not just talking the talk, but walking the walk as well when it comes to Islamic etiquette. And that means that we have to become role models. So that's point number four, that we actually practice what we are preaching to our children. And it's important to note that from a young age, everybody who's got kids will know this, that a child learns to imitate their parents' every action and every word. So if your child sees you praying, sees you worshipping Allah, sees you being generous and kind and modest, they they will automatically try to do the same thing. But obviously, similarly, if your child sees you using bad language or hurting other people or cheating them, then that is the example that they will follow. And that leads me to point number five. And it sounds like something out of a child psychology book when I say bond with your children, but perhaps the most important element in any parent-child relationship is the bond and the connection that the two of you will share. So this bond has to go beyond just feeding them, clothing them, educating them, providing for them. Obviously, we have to provide our children with constant love, constant support and encouragement. You know, it's actually against the prophetic example to be harsh towards our children or to say bad words to them. We shouldn't be pushing our children beyond their capacity, especially in matters of religion. It's not necessary for every child to become hafidh or alim And if we push them too hard, perhaps it will build up resentment in their hearts, not just towards us, but towards Islam as well. We should be presenting Islam in a loving manner so that they genuinely want to practice its teachings out of their own free will. The Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, would win the hearts of the young people with the gentleness in which he spoke and the compassion that he would show them. So it's not just our duty to educate and discipline our children, but also in a way to be their friend, to be with them when they're doing things that are enjoyable so that we can connect with their hearts and their minds in such a way that they actually enjoy and look forward to spending time with us. And I just want to say a point here. There are some elements of society that will stigmatise working women for delegating their role to others because they are concerned for maybe the detrimental effects it will have on the health and upbringing of their kids. You know what? Some women choose to work. Look at our mother Khadija. May Allah be pleased with her. She was an excellent mother. She was a wife and she was an entrepreneur. I mean, she raised children who were promised paradise and we can't beat that. So take inspiration from her. The bottom line is some women choose to work. Some women choose to stay at home. Some are forced to work because they're single mothers with no other source of financial support. So you know your situation better than anyone does. And you are the best judge of what is good and healthy for the well-being of you and your family. So what works for you, works for you. So parenting is probably the most challenging, yet the most rewarding job on the planet. We know that as a parent, we're on call 24-7 every single day of the year. And especially as a mother, you definitely feel like you never get a day off and you never even get an hour off. But you know what? That's possibly why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the Prophet Muhammad has told us that paradise lies at the feet of the mother because there's no one else that can do our job. If we don't do it, who else is going to raise our children to be the good, strong, kind, courageous believers in Allah dedicated to showing their gratitude to him and by doing so being a useful and beneficial member of society. So I'm going to finish there. If anything in this talk was beneficial to you, it's purely from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ash'hadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfruka wa atubu ilaik. Glory and praise be to you, O Allah. I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship except you. I beg of you your forgiveness and repent to you. Ameen.